eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And at age 23, Austin Sendrick has scored. Holy crap! Checkered flag in the air, Larson, the winner in his home state, the Golden State Golden Boy, is headed back to Ruoff Mortgage Victory Lane. Bowman at the bottom, he slides up in front of Larson, Larson with the crossover, he's out of time, Bowman, the showman, has won at Las Vegas in overtime. A day he will never forget, off four, final time, checkered flag is out, career win number one. William Byron will hang on and win at Atlanta Motor Speedway in dramatic fashion. Hell yeah, boy! Awesome! Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain is going to get his first NASCAR Cup Series win. Yeah, we did it! It is old Denny Hamlin at the Richmond Raceway. The streak has been broken. Denny Hamlin sees the checkered flag. Joey looking to the inside. Close enough in four. What a drive for William Byron. He picks up the win tonight, and the celebration is on. Briscoe dives to the bottom of the racetrack, side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does a 360. So does Briscoe. It's going to go to the third-place car. Kyle Busch will win this race. Steaming to the line, Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. We didn't do anything. We just stayed down there. I told you. It's like it just held straight. We got sailing through. Yeah, boys. It's the 14th career win for second-generation star. The ninth different driver to win in 11 races this year. Logano all over the back end of Willie B. Drives in deep. He makes contact. Byron's in the outside wall. Crowd on their feet. And Joey Logano has won at Darlington. Kurt Busch sees the checkered flag, and Kurt Busch will take Michael Jordan to victory lane in the heartland, wins the Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-star edition of NASCAR America Motor Mouse. I'm Marty Snyder. We have two of our all-stars right here in front of us right now. Hall <laughs> Jarrett and Steve Letard here hanging out today. Busy show, fellas. we got... James Hinchcliffe, our buddy, coming up here in about 10 minutes. We'll talk about a little race in central Indiana. The 106 yeah. <laughs> running at the Indianapolis 500 qualifying is this weekend. Harrison Burton will join us in a bit to talk about his rookie season in the Cup Series so far. And I'm fired up for this conversation. Kristen Anderson will join us, the driver of Grave Digger. I have lots of questions I, for I'm Kristen. A, I have lots of questions yeah. about 
how, how you can do the flip. I, I want to figure out how we can make that oh. happen. Uh, and then finally, we'll chat with Noah Gregson. You know, Cup Series All-Star Race this weekend. No points on the line. There are real points on the line for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. So we'll chat with Gregson and the tear that JRM is on right now. That's on Saturday. Of course, we want to hear from you guys as well. 844-NASCAR-NBC. DJ, I want to pick up where we left off Monday. And you guys were chatting about Kurt Busch. We just saw all the winners this year. He makes number 11 on the season. And you say you, you think there's a legitimate path to not only 16 winners this year, maybe more than 16 winners. Tell us how and who. Could be, but first of all, I want to tell you thank you from Steve and I that you read that exactly the way that we typed it up. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. yeah. All-Stars. Yeah, I, did, I didn't I, think he would. I did, I, did. The way you typed it up exactly. right there. Yeah, yeah, I got great. it. I got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But I do, I honestly believe, as I've looked and watched this year, and I know that, that it seems that things are changing a little bit, um, but drivers that we have seen run, in my opinion, put themselves in a position and have run good enough at times, uh, and I realize the, the number of times keeps shrinking, but I, I have seven drivers that I think mm, are potential seven. To, to get in there and, and get us to, to 16. That, okay. I, I mean, I think all seven of them would be a huge stretch, yeah. but I really believe at least three or four of these could, and it doesn't even include Kevin Harvick. So That's you know, the one that surprises me, that you, yeah. don't, you don't have Harvick on your list. I, I think that, that Kevin Harvick will be good the longer we go. Is he going to get good enough to win? A, I mean, he's good enough to win any race, but are they going to be able to put a full race together, give him the speed that he needs to, to do that? So I have seven, seven drivers that I think potentially can win a race here. Um, I think Steve and I both disagree. I, 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 have, I have five, maybe. I have four on my list, but oh. I, I, we got to get to the point when I hear DJ seven, but I want to get your thoughts on whether they'll be enough to make 16. Absolutely not. There'll be two, maybe three making in on points. And, and here's why. I think DJ's list of drivers that can win is accurate. Will they win? They won't. Uh, when you look at the playoff leaderboard, only two drivers have repeated. And that's Chastain and William Byron. No offense to either of those two. I don't think anybody would have had those two repeating early. I mean, look at the guys that have only won one. So Denny Hamlin maybe won't. You know, it was an impressive win at Richmond, but he's having a hard time getting races put together. But Kyle Larson, he could easily have two or three. I think Alex Bowman somehow shows up in every race that we never give him credit for. Joey Logano, Kyle Busch on dirt. So I believe that there are drivers that can win. Um, but I think there's guys that are going to win again, and there's one name nobody talks about, and he's going to upset everything we're talking about right now. Okay. A.J. Allmendinger. Oh. He doesn't count. If he wins, he doesn't count. He's <laughs> yeah. not in the playoffs. And with four yeah. road courses coming, it wouldn't shock me if he wins one or two. And to DJ's point, those will be one or two that get taken away from somebody on your list who needs that win. So I think when you add all that up, I think two or three seats on points. All right, who are the seven, DJ? We need to hear well, the list. Well, I think when we looked at that right there, the first three that are outside of that 11, that are 12th, 13th, and 14th, are uh, Blaney, Truex Jr., and Christopher Bell. And mm-hmm. they have all put themselves in and run well enough to get themselves in position to legitimately be winners. Now, the rest are somewhat uh, maybe, but, you know, Reddick, we saw that right. him get spun there at Bristol, but he's run well enough at other racetracks to get himself there. That still doesn't matter. You know, we talked about Daniel Hemrick in the Xfinity Series forever and ever about he was going to win at yeah. some point, and he eventually did. It was for a championship. But So I got Reddick. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been impressive here, and you've huh. got enough racetracks. I mean, you talk about the road courses. We can't forget the last 
race is Daytona. But Stenhouse yeah. Jr. has run well enough at these others. You start putting yourself in the mix enough, you, you, you find yourself getting that right opportunity at the end of a race to, to make that happen. And the, probably the two longer shots a, a little bit are Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez, um, I, I think. So that, that's the seven that I say have run well enough at times uh, can they do that in these last number of races to, to find a way to get a win? Yeah, and I'll add a name to the list, and you're not even going to see him on the left-hand side of your screen because he's 31st down there in points. That's Brad Keselowski. Do I hmm. think he has a car to win most weeks? I don't. Um, I think they're improving. RFK has gone from 20, mid-20s to high teens to now we see him running inside the top 15. But you mentioned Daytona. That's really the big one at the end of this. I think I would not want to be anyone dependent on that last spot or dependent on points with Daytona. We've now seen it yeah. for a few years, and, you know, I pick on the guys that go there and, oh, man, hope we have a good day. I'm like, well, you've had 25 weeks to not hope this had to turn out right. <laughs> uh, because, right. truthfully, it can go bad, and the difference is it can go bad by somebody else's doing. So it's a, it's a jumbled-up schedule. There's no doubt. I mean, between road courses and Atlanta, let's throw that in yeah. the mix as well. That might as well be right. considered exactly. a super speedway at this Correct. point. Correct. Uh, you, you probably would guess this correctly, but we put it out on Twitter on NASCAR NBC as you look at the racetracks coming up. I know you want to jump in on this, Steve. The number one answer when we said who will be that next winner, Ryan Blaney. That's what everyone said. But look how crazy the schedule is to finish out the regular season, Steve. It's just kind of hard. It's going to be hard to have consistency, right? Because Charlotte, we know that track, but it's the 600. A lot can happen in the distance and the challenge. Gateway's brand new. They're going to be shifting for sure. Not a lot of drivers have seen that. Sonoma, Sonoma. Oh, by the way, we're changing it back to the short course, so you didn't run it last year. Uh, Nashville, only for the second time. Uh, Road America, the laps are so long, anything can happen. I mean, DJ, we talked about Atlanta being a super speedway. And then we go, oh, well, New Hampshire's kind of normal. Oh, yeah, that's where Eric Almirola won last year. Uh So I I think they're really hard to predict. Indianapolis Road Course, I'm excited to go back there with a little bit sturdier curbing. Maybe we can see some more (laughs) integrity. It is in place. It is in place. I mean, so there's a lot of different things going around here that can change it up. And I think that's... Um, can can lean DJ's way with seven different winners, but my point is <laughs> he's over here saying, "Yep, look, he's at, playing right into my hand yeah, right exactly. here." Yes. You're saying what I've been saying. Okay, everything. let me flip it then. This is <laughs> yeah. the way I look at it. How many races do you expect Kyle Larson to win this year? Total or in the, the regular season? Just total. Total. Mm, I, I think I think four is a max this year. Okay, so if he's going to win four, and they may all come in the playoffs, I'm with him. I have it four or five. I got to find at least one more in the regular season. And I say that about the biggest names is, and, and I think they're starting to realize what Jeff Burton brought up on Monday, which was a great point. When you look at the playoff leaderboard, there's not a big lead by anyone in this playoff point contingent. Mm-hmm. And I think that anxiety is growing. Um, you know, Kyle Larson got nervous last year with a huge lead with a bad round coming yeah. into Talladega. So I think the biggest names are going to be on attack to try to score these playoff points. It's going to be fascinating. It, it's I still like my bet, but it's it, going to be fast. It's pretty interesting <laughs> when you look at the different winners, and, you, and, and you know, I don't know that I necessarily had Kurt Busch winning this for early, sure. for yeah. sure. So then you throw guys in the mix like that. To your point, AJ could win a race, and it's really going to kind of throw a curveball mm-hmm. in everything. Let's grab one phone call real quick before we get to James Hinchcliffe. Let's go at 844-NASCAR-NBC. Let's go to Cody. Cody, how you doing today? What's on your mind? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm with the majority here, and I think that uh, – guy in second points uh, second place in points is going to get the next dub that would be ryan blaney of course and the other interesting part to that cody we appreciate your phone call man the other interesting part to that dj so let's play this out let's say there are 16 winners 
and Ryan Blaney's not one of them. And he's sitting there second in points. Yeah. He would not make the playoffs, which yeah. would be crazy to think. But yeah. it's possible. Very, very possible for it to happen. I mean, this is the year. When you think about, we talk about, we've talked about this before. And, and that was with cars that we had run for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that is a, a lot of this. And, and I think, you know, will somebody, Ryan Blaney put himself in a position to win a number of times earlier in this season. Uh, Tyler Reddick did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Are they going to look back and say, man. And, of course, Tyler Reddick did nothing wrong. And, you know, he just got taken out. So, But are you going to look back and say, you know, we had to have that win to, to make this work. And, and just think if they those two would have won uh, by this time. Of course, I don't. Um, you, you look at it's moved somebody else into that position. But I, that's why I just think the unpredictability of this car and of the different types of racetracks, that the opportunity is there. Well, yeah. Of these seven, will five of them win? Probably not uh, in, in these next races. But the, I think this year in particular, that opportunity is there. And I really do believe Ryan Blaney is, is one that's going to get there soon. I think the big challenge for everyone not highlighted in yellow gets to be on top of the pit box. Because what do they believe? Because they believe there's going to be 16 winners, then it almost makes it easier because you gamble and gamble and gamble and gamble to win a race. Yeah. But if you believe there's going to be somebody in on points, can you gamble and give up points and not win a race? At what point do you? At start what point races do you? Like right. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the problem because we mentioned those four road courses. Trying to win a road course and trying to score maximum points are nowhere near on the same path. Yeah. Maximum points you run to the end of each stage. You're guaranteed to have a decent day on the points, even if you get taken out. So if you are anyone, right? Maybe not this list. Maybe not Chris Buescher on down. But if we go to page one, right, and you look at Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex, they're currently in. Hmm. Are you willing to take yourself out and then realize that you were good enough, right? Like that's where the 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 real T in the road shows up for these guys. That's why I think who wins the next two can change the whole look. Right. If we go to Charlotte yeah, and it's another big name, no big deal. But if we go to Charlotte and say Reddick does win or Jones does win, now Christopher Bell and Harvick have to be gambling for wins. Right now, if I'm Blaney, Truex, or Bell, I'm thinking maximum points every day. Someone's going to have to come take my seat. You may do it, but you're going to have to come get it. But if I'm Harvick or Almirola, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to find a trophy. One thing is for sure, these two guys excited for the next yeah. couple of weeks for the month of May in Indianapolis. That's coming up quick because practice started Tuesday for the Oval Race and the 106 running of the Indianapolis 500. Steve and I will be busy up there tomorrow with practice on Peacock from Indianapolis. Uh, Saturday as well, qualifying Sunday, and you'll want to catch all that Peacock and NBC you fired up, Steve? You're going to go up there? I'm ready. Yeah, you're supposed to be taking me to the airport tomorrow morning. I, I know, can't yeah. wait. You're I my ride around Indianapolis. No, listen, <laughs> gotta I got to go up, up firsthand uh, in person for the first time last year, uh, and it hooked me. It's unbelievable. The qualifying format up there, it, what I love it, it, it's uniquely intense, right? It's four laps. You would think that would turn the intensity down, but it's not your best of four. It's the total of four, yeah. which means all yeah. four have to work. All four have to be wide open. And, DJ, I love going to those in cars because those drivers are adjusting and nervous <laughs> and figuring out, was it wind? Does it tire fall off? What am I doing? It's, it's, it's fascinating to watch. Steve heading up there this weekend. Dell Jarrett going to go to his first ever Indianapolis 500 next weekend. He'll get to hang out with this guy, James Hinchcliffe, the mayor of Hinchtown. So you, you got the day off, Hinch. It rained in India. You know, I'm, I'm sure there were a few lies told in the garage area. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys got the day off. We were still working hard. We were doing some stuff behind the scenes, but 
unfortunate, obviously, to have the rain day, not see some cars on track. A lot of action yesterday, predicting a lot of action tomorrow. It's going to be a great day weather-wise. And really, the team's last chance to get a good, solid race prep in before we head into qualifying weekend. So I think we're going to see a lot of action on track tomorrow. So, Hitch, I want to know, a year ago, it was fascinating. We had bump day. We had more than 33 cars. We had a Penske car on the final row. So many different things went into that. But help me understand. I understand from the NASCAR side where you qualify, where you finish. It's remarkably different with so many pit stops and opportunity. But in the Indy 500, it seems like a good qualifying start does help your odds. You found success up there having good runs and have qualified up front. With, without it being bump day, like where is the pressure for a driver to improve their starting spot? I think the big thing, Steve, is that the, the competition is so close right now. You know, it's so, so tight. We've seen with the current formula, depending on the weather conditions, if it's warmer out there, it's not always the easiest track to pass on. And so track position is still always king. You want to be out front. You want to be in clear air. If you're in that first two, three, four cars, that's sort of the sweet spot. So qualifying is still very important. It is a long race. It's 500 miles. A lot of, a lot of pit stops, five, six, seven pit stops. There's time to move up if you have to. But if you can take that pressure off yourself by qualifying well, it's obviously not about making the show. We only have 33 cars attempting to qualify, but the further up you start, the better your odds are of being there, being staying out of trouble, and being there with those last sort of 20 laps when this race really heats up. Mine is driver-related, imagine that. But Steve just brought up about the, the four consecutive laps and making those as good, as fast as you possibly can. Can you describe a little bit uh, to the fans exactly what that is like in trimming these cars out to get the most speed and literally having to make adjustments and hang on for those four laps? Honestly, DJ, it's one of the toughest things I think that an IndyCar driver does all season long. It's probably the most terrified you're going to be behind the wheel of one of these cars. It's all by yourself on the racetrack, but it is 10 miles four laps absolutely flat out you feel more downforce off the car than you have at any point in practice you've got more power from the engine manufacturers than you're ever going to have it's the fastest you're ever going to go and you are just hanging on to that thing and depending on the weather conditions you're really busy in the race car that track is so long with the weather changing the way it can you're making adjustments on your roll bars you're making adjustments to your weight jacker from the north end to the south end sometimes from turn one to turn two depending on the way the sun's beating on the track or the way the wind's blowing so you are constantly trying to think through what is next. You have a little bit of understeer in turn one on one lap. How much weight jacker do you put into it? Maybe the bar is going to be more effective. Do you have to come back on that by the time you get down to turn three? You are always thinking, but it happens so fast. It's tough to stay on top of it. And the big thing for these drivers is going to be staying ahead of the balance. You've got to have all these tools. But you've got to make those adjustments before you need to make them. You've got to feel what's coming, predict it. Those are the drivers that are going to be starting, I think, in the top two, top three rows. All right, Hinch, let's drill down into it. You and Kevin Lee had eight hours in the booth yesterday. Hopefully you got a snack at some point. Um, so who impressed you in day one of practice for the 500? I mean, honestly, there were a couple drivers. What I'm looking for when we start running group running like we saw that first day, I'm not looking for the car running up front, maybe the car running second, passing for that front spot. I'm looking at number four, number five in the line. That's where the dirty air really starts getting to be a challenge. That's where the downforce is down. It's tough to make those passes. So I'm looking for the cars that are running really close, three, four, five cars down in line. I got to say, Will Power looked strong. All across the Penske board, they looked good, but Will Power was definitely a standout there. Renus VK, Fred Carpenter Racing, they always show up in the month of May. Always have fast race cars. He led a bunch of laps last year. 
but across a whole team, a whole organization, Chip Ganassi Racing, guys. I know the lap times that we saw yesterday, those speeds, they're toe speed. They're not just pure pace, but you've got to have confidence in your race car to keep your foot in the throttle in the draft like that to get those big laps. And every single one of those drivers did a phenomenal job to keep their foot in, to get those big, big toe laps, get those toe times. And even in traffic, they're running really well. Scott Dixon right up there, Marcus Erickson, and of course, Jimmy Johnson, guys. It was incredible to see how quickly he really took to it. P3 yesterday, he is so comfortable on these ovals. We saw it in Texas and with all the practice he's got here in Indy and the pace that we're seeing out of these Chip Ganassi racing cars. Man, I am very excited to see what JJ's got when we get there. Yeah, I was on the pit box when the first car came by a year ago, and I could see the glimmer in his eyes, and I knew he was coming back. I've known him well enough to know that that changed his mind. He was definitely all in. But I want to talk about drivers, and we can look at Chip Ganassi for this next question, right? Youth versus experience. Jimmy Johnson, unfortunately, lacks both youth and experience, but he's a race car driver. I'm sure he's going to be fine. We saw Alex Pillow, though, in position a year ago. Elio takes it away in what I'm just, I, I equate it to a great chess move, right? He knew what lap he had to make the move with traffic coming. It was a, just a magnificent run. So you've been there. You've seen it. The contingent of young drivers continues to improve. A week ago, uh, we saw a young driver win the Grand Prix. So the question is, if you had to lean youth or experience for the 106th running, where are you going to put your money? Where are your chips going to land? Are you taking the older guys or the younger guys? I mean, I think you got to look back just one year, man, 350-something days, and you got to land on experience. These, these kids, they're fast. There's a lot of speed in the younger generation of IndyCar drivers right now. But guys like Elio, guys like Scott Dixon, guys like Will Power that have done all these races, I really do think that experience pays off. I chatted to Alex Pillow earlier today, and I said, all right, look, year two, you went head-to-head with, at the time, three, now four-time champion of the Indianapolis 500. If you knew then what you know now for those last 15 laps, would it have turned out any different? And I loved his answer. He was very honest. He said, yeah, I would know what not to do compared to what I did last year, but I don't know that Elio doesn't have another bag of tricks that he would have pulled out in a different scenario or if I had reacted differently. Mm. So even Pelot acknowledges that that experience is so, so important. And we talk about Jimmy Johnson not having youth or experience necessarily for the Indianapolis 500, but what he does have, Steve, is 500-mile races under his belt. We did a little stat. We know Russ Thompson. Marty, you know him, our our senior vice president of data analytics over here at NBC Sports. (laughs) Let me tell you, he came up with a number that I was absolutely floored by. We looked at number of 500-mile races that Jimmy Johnson has not competed in, completed. He has completed 161 500-mile races. The rest of the IndyCar field combined, 129. That experience, that patience, that knowing of how these long races play out and unfold is going to be so, so crucial in that last 10 of the race. And Jimmy Johnson, I mean... He might not have the experience in these cars, but he has the knowledge of how to finish out these long races. That's a terrific point, Hanch, and certainly some advantages there. So Steve's going to be on your headset tomorrow. He's going to be in the booth with Townsend and I for the uh, five-hour run tomorrow, or six hours, I think it is. So any advice for Stevie as he sits up there (laughs) on your headset tomorrow all day long? Eat before you get to the booth, just in case. (laughs) 
No, hey. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I recognize that brick wall behind you. I'll see you at the hotel <laughs> yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he's we're going. He's bottle works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize that brick wall. I'm excited to go. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing, we talk a lot about Indy, the Indy 500. Jimmy said yeah. it before. One of the coolest parts for me is just walking the paddock. You know, I, I, grew, I grew up in one, in one garage area. When I walked in NASCAR garage area, I know everyone. When I walked at IndyCar, it, it's, it's just amazing to me, you know, uh, just the different people, the different drivers. The drivers kind of open their arms. They all want to show you your car. This is what they have going on. It's amazing to go. DJ, you're going to love it. Now, unfortunately, when you go the second weekend, I think they're going to be a little more intense. They're probably not going to be waving you in the garage area. But, but up on a practice day, I'm looking forward to it. We got to get the man who invented kissing the bricks, uh, you know, Dale Jarrett. We got to get him some sort of special treatment when he comes for his first ever 500. We got to make that happen, Hinch. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to see you come back. And frankly, I think we need to recreate that photo because you started a tradition, man. That is, I mean, it's timeless. That one's going to be around forever. That's a pretty cool thing to be able to say. So I'd love to. I'd love to see DJ get down there and uh, and uh, become a little more familiar with the bricks once again. Maybe we'll have you climb the fence. Yeah, well, no, that's definitely not. No, I'll kiss the bricks, but not. The, I'm not climbing any fence. I can just tell you though that after his uh, telling us of what those four laps were, like, oh. my hands are still sweating. So yeah. I'm not sure that I'm prepared to do anything except go enjoy this and watch everything happening. All right, bud. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good evening. Can't wait, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks, right, James Hinchcliffe, joining us here. Yes, sir, you have something? Well, I can tell you that, to his point about those four laps, I sat there and watched race practice, which was what we'll see tomorrow. Yeah. And then went on on the pit box when they turned the boost up and trimmed the cars out. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I didn't need a stopwatch or anything, DJ. Like, (laughs) you know, they went by and it felt like the first time all over again. Those plus 10 or 12, 15 miles an hour look like 100. An extra 60 horsepower does a lot around that Man, it's amazing. No doubt about it. So, hey, when we come back, we're going to shift back to the NASCAR Cup Series. Harrison Burton, he'll join us here to talk about his rookie campaign so far. The driver of the Wood Brothers is next. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. My dad came out and he said, all right, we've got a driver for um, the 28 car. And we got all the team guys together and said, uh, Dale Jarrett's our guy. And we're like, I'm not sure what I feel about that. You know, I mean, Dale Jarrett's yeah. a good guy. I mean, he's won Daytona 500. But, man, we've had Davey Allison and Ernie Irvin. And you want the best guy in the business in that car. Exactly. And Dale, they've been struggling with Gibbs. And May Carl was his crew chief and brother-in-law all that stuff. And so they won Charlotte. In the fall, and my dad and I were driving home, I said, man, you think he's still going to come? You know, I mean, he, do we have a contract? No, we don't have a contract, but he shook my hand. He called us that night. He called my dad that night. He said, don't you worry, I'm still going to be there. Mm. I mean, he really, my dad believed 100% Dale Jarrett, and he turned out to be right. That was a pretty good move for you hmm. and them. I didn't know oh. that story, DJ. It, it's a way better move for me. It was a big <laughs> chance that they took. Uh, and, and just, I mean, it was, that's what they were. And they, you know, that's the honesty that they talked to me with 
throughout my entire career there, and I appreciated that. And it was because of Doug Yates and his dad, Robert, that, that I had the opportunity to go win races uh, and, and race for a championship and, and bring them a championship. And, and uh, it, it worked out fantastic. And uh, two people that uh, I love as much as anybody in the world, they're just incredible, uh, hard racers. And, and uh, can't, can't be, couldn't, as a driver, you couldn't be at a better place. As many days I stood on pit road chasing that lethal combination of his cornering <laughs> ability and their handling down the straightaways. And it was tough. It was a tough match for that sure. meaning their horsepower. Oh, of man. Course. So there we catch go. Doug Yates on the Dale yeah. Jr. Download tomorrow right here. On Peacock, a young man who relies a lot on Doug Yates' horsepower. Right now, Harrison Burton, he joins us here on Motor Mouse. How you doing, bud? I, you know, new car, all the stuff going into this year. I don't think there could be a harder year for a rookie than right now. You agree with that assessment? Uh, my stats say so. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's be honest. It hasn't been a great start. Uh, but I feel like we're starting to show flashes of the speed we need to have, right? Um, and, and that's exciting for our group. We're working really hard, kind of exhausting all the resources that we can to, to get better and better. And, and it's, you know, an exciting time for us as, as the Wood Brothers group to have, uh, you know, Lynn and Eddie and Leonard's, you know, in particular, all their support has been unmatched. So it's been really cool to, to drive for them so far and uh, keep kind of marching down the path to get towards victory lane. And uh at a time and and you know we'll get there i'm pretty confident in it so harrison you come from a, a racing family that has uh, done so many things in this sport been around it a long time but you are driving for a family that's been here longer than any of us have been <laughs> around the sport and everything i know that my chance came in 1990 to go drive for the wood brothers and that lasted a couple of years um, but there were so many times I can remember walking out to that car and just looking at that 21 and thinking, wow, I'm driving this. Do you still have those moments at this point? Absolutely. Yeah, in particular, uh, I got to go up to Stewart before Martinsville and uh, tour their shop up there. And, and um, one of the coolest things in the world was that I was in the rafters in their shop already. They have all their past drivers uh, pictures up there and current driver obviously I'm, I'm up there and so uh, to see my picture right beside David Pearson and, and guys like that you know it's pretty unbelievable so um, obviously you know what that's like uh, DJ and and driving for a historic team like that it's uh, it's pretty humbling and and you know really a, a huge honor and a, an opportunity to kind of slide my name in with the greats like that is uh it's pretty awesome that's for sure harrison you mentioned humbling a drive for the wood brothers well i think all of us have seen it at different times we know how difficult sundays are and how humbling they can be driving against the 36 best stock car drivers in the world but in your own words try i want to hear what your take is on sundays we know they're tougher i have my opinion from the booth on what i see but from behind the wheel talking to the fans at home what is the leap from Saturday Xfinity to Sunday? What, what's the challenges that make it just so much more difficult? I think there's a lot of guys that have perfect races, right, as far as drivers go. When you're racing against guys in, in the lower series, there's chances that you can make a mistake and recover still. And, and now if you make a mistake, you're done. I mean, if you lose 10 spots, you're going to fight all day to get those back. Uh, because the people that are around you capitalize on your mistakes, one, and two, they don't make them as much around you, and, and they're just fast. You know, they, they, 
the biggest thing is is there's a lot of speed. Um, everyone in the field is supremely talented, obviously, and so um, you know racing with that group is uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty challenging. Uh, there's moments where you have an eye-opening experience where you, you realize that guy is really good or that guy did something that's really impressive right there. And um, you, know, you try and build yourself up to that level. Uh, and, and that's what I'm doing now. And, and uh, it's pretty cool to, to learn from that. You know, I feel like I've accelerated my ability as a driver so much in the past few weeks that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Just being around great drivers like that will kind of elevate your game. And, um, you know, I think that'll show over time. Let's grab a phone call. Chandler in Indiana wants to chat with you. Chandler, go ahead. You're on with Harrison Burton. Hey there, Harrison. Um, hey, man, I honestly love what you've done in the Xfinity Series. And, you know, this weekend is the All-Star Race in Texas, and you know it personally because you made that last lap pass on Noah Gregson, and I honestly was amazed. So I, did, I forgot I just want to say congratulations on that. I know that was a while back, but I want to do it right now. Um, And, Harrison, I understand, you know, this season is not going the way you expected, but I always have a lot of hope for you. So what are you expecting out of Texas, knowing that it was a place that you won in the Xfinity Series? Well, you know, it's uh, for me, it's a great opportunity because we can learn so much as a race team. And thank you for – uh, bringing up the win, that was a, a really cool win, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when uh, you go with uh, an all-star type race, um, man, it's it's a cool opportunity. You get to, to try things. You get to be really aggressive as a team because there's really no points on the line. Uh, there's really one prize, and that's the win. Uh, and for us, we got to get in through the, through the, the you know, the open. So, um, and it's going to be a big challenge. There's a lot of good cars in the open, but you know, for us, it's just all about being really aggressive. So, um, I'd expect us to be fast. I hope we'll be fast. Um, I have a lot of confidence in our group that we're going to bring a fast piece this weekend. And, um, you know, having this week, I feel like we've made a lot of gains as a group. Um, and now we have kind of a, not a low pressure, but a lower pressure scenario to go try and play that out. Um, and go try and get in this race and, and see where we go from there. So, um, you know, I expect to try and build off of, you know, Darlington in particular. I think we learned some things about our race car that we can make better um, and build off that and, and see what we have in Texas. So, Harrison, there's a lot of thought and, and talk that the four teams are just going to go to Texas and kind of use it as a test session across the board. Is that a fair way to describe how the Ford camp is approaching the All-Star race this weekend? You know, I can't really speak for the rest of the Fords. I can speak for our group, um, you know, in that we obviously are going there with the intent to run well. It's not just, hey, let's go practice. It's, you know, hey, we, we're, we're here to race, and we're here to try and uh, do as, as good as we can in this all-star race. It's a huge honor to, to be in any cup race, and I think if you show up and don't bring that intensity to that race, you're going to get spit out pretty quick. So uh, for us, we have a few things that maybe – uh, we wouldn't feel super willing to try in a race scenario um, as far as a normal points paying race, but we might try this weekend. Uh, but really, we're going trying to unload our, our best stuff and, and see what we have. So, um, you know, for us, it's any race is an opportunity to build momentum at this point. Um, and, and I think that we could do it this weekend. 
All right, bud. Well, best of yep. luck in the all-star race. We'll look forward to seeing you soon, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I didn't know you started the Kiss the Bricks thing, DJ. That's pretty cool. That's, uh, that's a good little <laughs> deal. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a crazy notion, but uh, that's what my crew chief and I, uh, Todd Parrott, decided we'd do something a little different. So uh, it's been really fun to watch everybody else follow suit. So that's the cool thing. Pretty but cool. Thanks. Yeah. Pretty cool tradition. Thanks, Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Maybe man. you'll get to do it someday, Harrison. Yeah, you never know, right. right? Yeah. I would We're going to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harrison Burton joining us here. Kristen Anderson, we'll talk a little monster trucks coming up next. I mentioned I have questions, Steve. You know, one of them is can we get DJ to drive a monster truck? I no, think we should no. make that happen. Well, that Kristen's going to help us. Her. Coming up next. Her. <laughs> <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Absolutely, we were throwing it down yesterday here in Mini, so I'm excited for this show here. David! Oh, what a save! Oh, no! Oh, my God! All that and news from around the league from the home of the Vikings on the next Monster Jam. I would have never thought, if you had asked me five years ago, when I got the news that I was going to be the first female to ever drive Gravedigger, that I would ever be able to make history twice in my entire life. This is such a huge moment for me. You guys believed in me. All of you did. Even the ones watching right now. You guys believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And to all the believers and the non-believers out there, I want to thank you both. Because anybody who never believed in me, it was you that pushed me to be this good and prove you guys wrong. So this one goes to you. And the best part about all this is, is this just got, I just got to prove to myself right here, right now, in front of everybody and in front of the world that I don't have to be Dennis Anderson. I don't have to be Adam Anderson. I don't have to be Ryan Anderson. I can be Kristen Anderson, and that's good enough. That was awesome, Kristen Anderson. Honored to have you join us. That's after winning the championship last year, of course, talking about your dad and your brothers, all world champions. And what an incredible speech by you. Do you still get emotional when you watch that, when you think about it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. We were just I was sitting here listening into it, and I could kind of feel the butterflies rolling a little bit just thinking about how huge and uh, momentous that moment really was for me and for Monster Jam, like just the whole history of Monster Jam. And it felt so good in that moment, and uh, I still haven't gotten over it yet. <laughs> Yeah, that championship was this year, and, and, of course, the World Finals coming up this weekend. But, Steve, what these guys and ladies do, oh. I mean, it's incredible. I can't, I can't imagine doing a full flip like that. Well, it's incredible. And, Chris, my question is, you know, we see in other sports, NBA are in playoffs right now, right? They're, they're, they kind of get amped up with the crowd. We've heard NASCAR drivers say that even though they're in a loud race car, they can tell when the crowd's behind them and the kind of the race is on the line. So, in your sport, I guess that's my question. We're through COVID. The fans are back. You're now competing in filled arenas can you feel the electricity can the crowd kind of amp you up to take those crazy risks that marty and i would never <laughs> ever consider never. 
Yes, nothing compares to competing in front of a live audience, especially a completely packed house or a very rowdy audience either. I mean, we have two different kinds of series that we run here in Monster Jam, so we can run on a stadium series or an arena series, and I am typically running on the arena series, and I love the arena because it's the most up-close and personal event that fans can actually come out and get so close to the action, actually feel the horsepower and hear the horsepower of the trucks. I mean, you could be anywhere between 60 and 50 feet front row seats of a monster truck doing a backflip flip or you know balance balancing 14,000 pounds on its nose or anything like that mm. and we can definitely hear the crowd even though our you know the engine's right behind us if, the, if that crowd gets loud it gets us amped up we love it Kristen Dale Jerry here I, I have to say congratulations first and foremost your speech was awesome I love things that come from the heart and that certainly was that so my question is about so driving a stock car we go test or do things and make a change to the car mm. You, you know that you've got to go drive it to the limits that you were to see if that change was better, but that gives you some bud flight. But my car was going to stay on the ground most of the time. <laughs> so how do you know how hard to push it? I know you it, going short would be probably a worse crash, but how do you get to that point? Oh, I mean, it's all about confidence and commitment for sure when you're driving monster trucks. And I think that we also might have to have a little bit of crazy in us too. I mean, to be able to <laughs> drive, like like I said, we're driving a vehicle that's nearly 14,000 pounds of 1,500 horsepower. And uh, usually in motorsports, when you're flying through the air, that's not a good thing. Well, that's one of our favorite things to do. So definitely got to have a little bit of chest here. So kind of give us a preview of the world finals this weekend. You're down in Orlando. We can see the stadium behind you. You guys getting ready. Give us a preview of what fans can expect. Well, I encourage anybody that if they have never been to Monster Jam before and you're saving it up for a special event, this is the event. And even some of our fans that have came back for years and years, they all save up. They come out to some of our events over the year, but they love coming to the World Finals. It is our biggest event. We have the lineup of the best competitors, the most unique racing track. We've never done the kind of style of racing that we're going to be doing this weekend. And every year at the World Finals, we change the racing up every time. So it's always super exciting for the fans. And it's, it's all out, man. We're all competing to be world champions, and uh, it's a dogfight from the very end. Anything goes. Kristen, I'm trying to get NASCAR Hall of Famer and Cup Series champion Del Jarrett to drive a monster truck. I can't do it. Can you help me maybe convince him <laughs> that it would be a fun endeavor to get behind the wheel of one? Hey, man, if I can do it, you can definitely do it for sure. <laughs> get, no, get, you no. some, get you some different kind of horsepower. <laughs> yes, yes, and your mindset in doing that – I. I'm thinking about having to cancel my tea time tomorrow just watching you make these jumps and how much my back's hurting right now. I admire you. You're doing great. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations on a fantastic season, the championship. Enjoy the World Finals this weekend. We'll all be watching, okay? Good luck. Thank you. All right, Kristen's been, she's going to eventually get to talk you into it, DJ. I mean, can't we're we get behind the wheel. Can we start with a ride? Because yeah, then Marty could go first. That. Yeah. Well, then Marty <laughs> could go, go first if it's a ride. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know. Uh, Monster Jam World Finals this weekend. Two-day event. You can live stream it at monsterjam.com. You don't want to miss that. Uh, she's braver than all three of us yes. combined, I would say. And sure. part of a big weekend uh, for us here on NBC Sports. Look at this, all we have coming up, Steve. You and I in the booth tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be great. We've got Indianapolis, right? We've got Monster Jam. We've got a little IMSA action from Mid-Ohio. I mean, it, it is so much. And then, right, I would put equally as crazy. I'm not sure which is crazier. <laughs> Indy qualifying, <laughs> Monster Jam, or Superbikes. Because oh, that is, uh, you, you got to be, I, I do agree with what she said. 
all drivers have a bit of crazy. That's they do. Whatever. That's right. Two wheels or four. They're and, all the same. And we've been talking about those four laps at Indy all oh, day long. You want to oh. watch drama. 4 p.m. on NBC on Sunday. Those guys hanging out, doing all they can to be on the pole for the 106th running at the Indianapolis 500. You want to make sure that you do not miss that. So, uh, we were going to talk a little all-star race, but I say instead let's talk a little Xfinity. Because yeah, coming up it. next, Noah Gregson, that team has been on a tear. Junior yeah. Motorsports in general has been on a tear. Coming next, we'll talk to Noah Gregson here on Motormouse. There he is. What's up, Noah? eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Steve, here is where the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship standings uh, stand as of right now. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's the only big surprise, I would say, Daniel Hemrick down there in 12th. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the surprise, right? That's a college car. I think we expected him and Landon, really, 11th and 12th to maybe be a little bit higher. But I think they're finding their footing a little bit, both new to the organization. So I think that affects it a little bit. But uh, at the top, there's no doubt Ty Gibbs is flying and Noah Gregson with his new crew chief, man to beat. Yeah, yeah. I think certainly JRM as a group has been on fire over the last month or so. And we welcome in the driver who has... Three straight top four finishes. Noah Gregson joins us here on NASCAR America Motor Mouth. So, Noah, what's gone right for JRM here in the last three or four weeks? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good, I'd say, overall as uh, an organization. It's been a lot of fun to, to drive the race cars over at Junior Motorsports. We've, this is my fourth year with them now. So, I've kind of seen speed come and go, but this seems like it's the best we've ever been overall. It's not only with the nine team at Junior Motorsports, but the whole organization as a whole. All four cars just have a ton of speed in them. And it makes it fun when you get to the racetrack and, and we can bounce ideas around with each other. Myself, Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry, we really work together and uh, and bounce ideas off each other. And, uh, you know, it's just we're having a good time. We're fast right now. It's it's a good spot to be in. So hopefully we can keep this going. We still have a lot of work to do. It's a long season. We're only a third of the way through so far. But, uh, you know, from right now, uh, behind the wheel, I can't complain. And we're just uh, having a ton of fun out there. No, you mentioned it, the strength across the board, both with equipment and behind the wheel. Some great drivers that you included at Junior Motorsports. So from someone who kind of grew up with that multi-car organization, it's great when it's good. It's frustrating when it's bad. But perhaps the toughest part is battling your teammates on the racetrack. It's a great problem to have, so I wouldn't wish it away from you, but just go through that process. Is it, a, is it an understanding that the drivers have with one another? Does Dale Jr. get involved? Does, does Kelly get involved? Like, How do you manage what's expected on those Saturdays when you guys are filling up the top five? Uh, really, for me, I, I go out there. I try and run the best and be the best prepared when I get to the racetrack and just try and win every moment and execute the best as possible. That's kind of how we focus on our weekends. I don't know about the other guys, but for me, you know, we want to win races, but we also want to run in the top five and, and get max amount of points. We're really going after the regular season championship this year, and we have a good shot at it. We've gotten off to a great start with Luke Lambert and the rest of the Bass Pro Shop team. They've been, they've been really on fire this whole year, and feel like 
we probably could have won every race had an opportunity you know so we have <laughs> eight top fives out of 11 races and um have made a few mistakes there um in the other races but you know, overall for me it's it's when i get to the racetrack have as much fun as possible and, and tr try and win the race okay no so you kind of led me to, to my question in that i've watched this year and i'm seeing a different noah drive these race cars and 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 go through these races uh where in the past you might get yourself in some worse spots. Uh, is that just the maturity, the, the better race cars, and, and feeling good at where you're at? Or does driving in the cup races that you've been able to do that, has that helped you see things a little bit differently too? I think that's a great question, Dale. It's, uh, it's something that over time you gain experience, you gain, you gain maturity, uh, not only as a driver, but as a person. And with me growing up and maturing and getting years under my belt, that's really helped me. I've kind of come and, and gone and seen different things in my four years in the Xfinity Series now. And the way I pace my races out from from year one to year four now is, is completely different. And things I used to worry about, you know, it's, it's kind of non-conscious efforts now. And it can really let me think about other things during the race and strategy and whatnot. Um, so... With that being said, when I show up to the racetrack, I, I feel really well prepared. And uh, like I said, the things that I used to have to think about, and you know, where the restart zone is, what gear I'm going to be restarting, little things like that, uh, pit road, little things like that have become second nature to me. And, and that's really helped me mature and, and think about the bigger picture when I get to the racetrack. I, I used to always think, hey, I need to get this spot now. Now I can, uh, you know, current day moment in the present, I more take my time and I think that maturity and experience has definitely helped that. Let's grab one phone call real quick. Uh, James from New York has called in to chat with you. James, you're on with Noah Gregson. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing there, Noah? What's going on? Doing good, buddy. Um, I wanted to ask, um, um, every time you run in the Xfinity Series for Junior Motorsports, so what do you learn that helps apply with college racing and beard motorsports in the Cup Series? Oh, that's a good question, James. Uh, the the biggest thing is with is just like fuel strategy and knowing when you're, you know, when you you're gonna pit. That's one thing that I've been kind of focusing on, and I, I feel really comfortable. Almost like I can call the strategy of an Xfinity race. It's fairly simple, actually, to call the strategy of an Xfinity race. But just just being on top of it and being on the same page is is uh the crew chief in the in the cup cars that i'm running with the 62 with beard motorsports and along with the, the 16 over at college racing they, they both are great race teams and um but it always helps to be on the same page so with more laps and more opportunity to pit under green and uh different circumstances uh being on top of it has really helped me and uh that's that's probably the most important thing is the strategy side that i can take from learning it in Xfinity and, and taking that over to the Cup Series side. I want to ask you one real quick, Noah, about Luke Lambert and the, not only the difference he's made on the nine team, but the difference he's made at JRM overall, bringing sort of the Cup mentality and thought process. How would you say his biggest contribution has been to the organization? I, I feel like we're in a, a great spot overall as, as an organization, but, he, I mean, it's just been so easy you know, working with Luke and not saying it hasn't been easy in the past, but uh, just that transition and, and bringing him in has been almost 
no difference. I feel like I feel like all the shop guys and team guys, you know, one guy's out, another Luke is in now. And uh, with that being said, it's it's almost been effortless. We haven't really had to put a whole lot of work into the communication side. It, it's come very natural. So for hmm. me as a driver, that that really helps. It seems like in the past it takes a half a year, three quarters of a year to get to know the crew chief, learn his communication, learn how he talks and, and communicates all that stuff and, and then build that relationship where it's been right off the bat with Luke. I think that's been the biggest thing and why we've had somewhat of successful season so far is because that communication and, and relationship has been so effortless and um, it's, it's happened so naturally. Good hey, stuff. I, I give him an A plus. Martinsville clock and a helmet wall. That's yeah. an A plus background right there. I mean, that's like that's a great way to flex a little without having to flex. You know, you can kind there of be go. like, oh yeah, check it yeah. out. Oh, that's my living room. A plus uh, setup. It's my living two room. Clocks. Two clocks. My guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One from the yeah. truck series. That's right. I forgot nice. about that truck yeah. series clock. That's nice. Just looks yeah, like nice. the Xfinity series clock, doesn't it? Good job every fifteen minutes. So they're good. <laughs> man, nice. good luck, man. Thanks for calling in. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. All right, best of luck, guys. Good go. luck, man. See you later. Noah Gregson joining us. You here. know what? I was giving a little credit. That's the ultimate uh, flex. He's like, yeah. hold oh, on a yeah. minute. Hold on. You mean my two clocks? <laughs> I'm mean, like, yes, sir. And then he went with the. It reminds me of my success I love every it. fifteen minutes. I love it. Um, Here's a question for you. Has Junior Motorsports replaced Joe Gibbs Racing as the team to beat right now in Xfinity? Yes, without a doubt. Uh, consistency top to bottom. Sam Mayer's gaining a little bit of footing being the youngest. But at any point, Allgaier, Barry, and Noah, there's not a track they're going to go to where I don't think they can win. Yeah, I have to believe that? they're really good. And, and you talked about that crew chief change there. He's got a great lineup of crew chiefs over there. I mean, it's cup. Uh, quality, Absolutely. yeah, that that are there, and, and I think that's made a huge difference in that organization. I have an all-star race question for the both of you on the Cup Series side: Is is the all-star race still relevant enough to merit its own weekend, Steve? So I'm a big believer in all-star weekends, but I don't think it needs to be a race. The best part of every other all-star weekends aren't the game. In baseball, it's a home run derby. In NBA, it's a three-point contest, the dunk contest. I would love to see the drivers do something other than race standard stock cars. Skills competition, fans involved. I don't have the creativity to come up with it, but there's a lot of very smart people that can. And I do believe the all-stars of NASCAR should be celebrated. The fans should be able to come out and celebrate them. But I personally don't need another what I call, you know, it's basically a standard race at a track we see. Yeah, I, I, I'm one that believes. I, I think there's there's room for the race, it just but with just the winners. Nothing else. Nobody else can get in. You take the winners from the previous year and the previous winners of the All-Star race, and you have it on uh, a Friday night or Saturday afternoon before the Cup race that same weekend. Don't take up another weekend uh, for all of this. Uh, if, if you're going to take up another weekend, I would say move it to short tracks around the country where they sure. do yeah. not have hey, a NASCAR like race. Sure. Yeah. That, that would be a little bit different. We so. proved we could put a track in a stadium. Let's pick a stadium somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that won't cost much money at all. Uh, pick for the all-star race dj i mean what, what do you think all-star race i yeah. mean it's, it's it's hard not to go with kyle larson you know he just i, I, I think it, it kind of suits his style tyler reddick from the open why um, not from the open i'm just a, hey listen i watch michael Walter do it yeah. i watch casey kane do it i'm i'm don't sleep on tyler reddick indy 500 poll what do you think 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with Scott Dixon, can you? No, you cannot. At any point. Two in a row. Who, who, what do you think? The champ, Alex Pillow. Heartbreak a year really? ago. Starting up front. So I'm going to be pulling for Jimmy Pillow. Johnson to get to pole. I'm going to go Will Power because he wins polls all the time. We'll be in Indy tomorrow. We'll see you back here on Motor Mouse next Monday. See you then. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.